Cool. Is it okay? I'm just like talking and talking and talking. Yeah, I mean, go. I'm getting a good nap in. Welcome in, Titans fans. This is the Titans Film Radio, and we are going to be discussing the Browns offense and defense today. But first, we're going to be covering some Titans news that happened throughout the week. And we're going to be going in depth for the offense and the defense of the Browns and how the Titans can exploit each matchup. We're going to be breaking it into two parts for you. One's going to be releasing in the morning. We're going to be doing the um, how the defense can exploit the Browns offense. And in the afternoon, we'll be releasing how the Titans offense can exploit the Browns defense. So we hope you tune in for both. You can follow Justin at Titans Film Room. You can follow me at South Texas Titan. Don't forget to review and subscribe to the podcast. And let's get the show on the road. Well, honestly, they're, they're two different people. Um, you know, and I think Art has got a great plan for all of us. Um, you know, he doesn't really kind of try to fit you in a box. He just allows you to go out there and play free. And um, I'm excited to continue to work with him. Um, he's got a great vision again for this offense and uh, I'm, I'm excited just to, to see how that all plays out all right we are just a couple of days or perhaps a couple of hours depending on when you're listening to this away from titans kickoff james how does it feel feels pretty good i um i'm feeling a little vindicated right now watching this packers offense but that's right. We are recording live during the Packers Bears game, and by live I mean we are live because we are we are alive, and this is live for us. So am I, am I alive? I hope so. Pinch yourself, because <laughs> Matt Lafleur looks bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the first game. He's facing the Bears defense. It's kind of a tall order, but I think at some point Aaron Rodgers is going to physically eat Matt Lafleur. It could happen. I wouldn't rule it out. All right, let's start with some practice news updates and updates from the team. Pretty uh, wild one. Ryan Suckup was moved to IR, and Cairo Santos, I believe is how you say it, was signed to replace him? Yes. What? Huh? What? Huh? Absolutely mind-boggling. So kind of going off that vindication, I wonder how PK is feeling right now. (laughs) Yeah, Paul Kaharski was hammering the table for the Titans to bring in a real option at kicker. for Kick the kicks! So, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I guess this means Ryan Suckup, who was clearly injured early in training camp, just wasn't healthy enough to kick, whether that was Mike Vrabel watching him kick in practice and say, you just don't got it yet, or him coming to the team and saying, I just don't have it yet. I don't know. Um, and Mike Vrabel wouldn't answer that either during his press conference. But... Cairo Santos is pretty comparable to Ryan Suckup. I mean, he doesn't have a great big leg. He doesn't have great range, but neither does Ryan Suckup. And inside 50 yards, he's pretty consistent. So is Ryan Suckup. Um, Their career field goal percentages are very close. Santos is 83.2% and Suckup is 83.6%. So... I don't know if there's a really big drop-off here. It'll be interesting to see what happens after eight weeks because Suckup was on the final roster, so he will be eligible to return from IR designation after eight weeks. Doesn't Suckup have like 300 more kicks, though? He has kicked many more kicks. 
Um, yes, that is true. So larger sample size there. Yeah. And one thing we know about Suckup is he can handle the pressure of the big moment. We don't know that about Santos. But it is interesting to note that the Titans had a tryout. They tried out Cody Parkey, who was the Bears kicker, who hit it off of both, both uprights last year to lose the Bears play, uh, playoff game. And Cairo Santos beat out Cody Parkey. So even if Cody Parkey wasn't even like a realistic option, which I don't know if he was, I don't know if I'd want him to be, because I know Cody Parkey fails in those big moments. He's done it before. But this at least creates... It's not the same level, I mean, but it is a big level of pressure on these guys. I mean, if you miss this kick, you don't have a job. So that at least gives the team some of that pressure element to evaluate by having a tryout. True. Uh, What about the captains? Titans voted on five captains, two on offense, two on defense, one on special teams. Marcus Mariota and Ben Jones are the offensive captains. Jarrell Casey and Kevin Byard, the defensive captains. And Wesley Woodyard, who has been a captain every single year of his NFL career, will be the special teams captain. Anything stand out? Uh, Kevin Byard. He got his first uh, captain's nod, which I think we're all happy about. Um, He's definitely been a leader on that defense, and it's finally nice to see that he's getting recognition from his peers. And Marcus Mariota, another guy who is a leader. And as much as some fans want to take that away from him, he's still getting it, so... We're on this boat. Delaney Walker was voted a captain last year. This year, Ben Jones voted to take his place. Uh, I like the idea of Jones being a captain. He's the center of that offense. I mean, literally the center of that offense. Mm-hmm. So uh, Delaney's always been a wolf, um, an alpha dog, but he's always seemed like more of an enforcer to me. And I think I told this to you before. Um, he has a don't fuck with me vibe. Um, I mean, he's a leader in some ways, but... I mean, he was voted a captain last year, so it's not like he isn't a leader. Right. And I'm not saying that he's not, because he does have leadership qualities, but, you know, Ben Jones has been here a little bit longer. He's, not than Delaney. Well, yeah, I know, but maybe it's finally getting passed over to Ben Jones. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with Delaney not playing last year, or I'm sure Delaney got some votes, but... It's just interesting to note that Ben Jones became the the captain there. doesn't really mean anything. Delaney will still lead in his own Delaney way. So uh, injury notes. The Titans injury report is pretty clean. The guy they traded for, Reggie Gilbert, had a surgery recently, and he's not totally back yet, and we didn't really expect him to be. But Dennis Kelly missed practice earlier in the week, which was interesting and slightly eyebrow-raising, but he returned on Thursday, so nothing to worry about there. Jack Conklin didn't practice on Thursday. So that is something to monitor on Friday. Mike Vrabel didn't seem concerned. We probably shouldn't be concerned, but it's interesting nonetheless. So those are the injury notes. Titans are pretty healthy. Browns are also pretty healthy. No, Nothing really to note. It's week one. Let's move on to our evaluation of the Tennessee Titans against the Cleveland Browns. I've watched a lot of tape on Cleveland, trying to get ready for this conversation and I also went back and watched some Carolina Panthers under Steve Wilkes to understand what their defense is likely going to look like. So before I get into all of my observations, I'm curious what are your concerns from someone who hasn't really done a deep dive as much as I have? What are your biggest concerns about the Titans from a defensive standpoint heading into this game against the Browns offense? 
Well, first off, uh, I want to offer my condolences for you having to go through all that Browns tape. <laughs> um, but my biggest concerns are those receivers and Baker Mayfield. Um, and then they also have a stellar running back in Nick Chubb. So I do have faith in our run defense. And we have an outstandingly good um, defensive back group. But I still worry about Odell Beckham Jr., who was actually reported to have a hip injury today and uh, was having issues getting to a full sprint. So we'll see how that happen- or that goes throughout the week. But I just worry about this receiving core and him having time to actually throw, and he does have the ability to extend the play with his legs. So it's all kind of worrying to me because I feel like this offense is going to put up a, a lead pretty quickly, and that defense is just going to be able to pin its ears back and get after it. Interesting. So I actually think the Titans' biggest concern in this game is Nick Chubb. Stopping the run is going to be everything in this matchup, I think, because the key is to get the Browns into a third in long situations because their offensive line is such a weakness. The Titans will need to be able to exploit this weakness, and the Browns will be able to get away from it if they don't have to face third and longs. So getting them in third and longs will require them to stop Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was 2018's PFF Pro Football Focus's highest graded running back. He actually averaged 4.47 yards after contact. He didn't average 4.4 yards per carry. He averaged 4.4 yards after contact per carry. The best by any running back in the past decade. Pro Football Focus notes that. So this is going to be the key here. Even though they have a bad offensive line, the Titans are going to need to be swarming to the ball. So I actually think that even though the Browns have such great receivers, one of the best ways they can attack this offense, the Titans, is by matching them up man-to-man with their cornerbacks. I think that Logan Ryan is a great matchup for Jarvis Landry based on his skill set as a slot receiver and what Jarvis Landry does. Jarvis Landry is great at taking short passes and turning them into big gains. Logan Ryan is a great tackler. Jarvis Landry is also really good in contested catch situations, but Logan Ryan has great ball skills. So I think that Logan Ryan, who's going to be prepared as prepared as any cornerback in the league to face the wide receiver he knows he's facing, if he knows he's going to be matched up on Landry most of the day, he's going to be prepared to stop him. And I think that's a matchup the Titans can win and take away one of the Browns' best receiving weapons. Now, obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. is the the best receiver on the team. But as you mentioned, he does have some hip injury. I don't know what the deal with his hip injury is. The Titans kind of need to approach this game as if he will be fully healthy and he could take a shot of some kind before the game and play this game and not feel any pain and play basically at almost hundred percent or what hundred percent for an NFL player. So I think that we shouldn't count on Odell being, being less than hundred percent here. And instead, you have to match up and prepare to cover him like he's the Odell Beckham we know he is. So, interestingly enough, Malcolm Butler has a history of playing against Odell Beckham. Now, he did allow like a 80-something yard touchdown against him on one of the first plays. But after that, he only allowed one catch for like, I can't remember exactly, it was like 15 yards or so. 
on nine targets in the game. So Malcolm Butler and Odell Beckham is a good matchup, and I know Titans fans might be scared about that after what Malcolm Butler did last year. But put Kevin Byard on obvious passing downs or Amani Hooker or even Kenny Vaccaro, any of these safeties over the top and make sure that he's not beating you deep down the field and let Malcolm play physical up close and uh, just go at it and play Odell like he like he knows how to play him like he's done in the past. And I think that that could be a way to limit the two pass-catching options that the Browns have. If you do that, you give the defensive line time to get to the quarterback. Now here's where I think you can really start exploiting matchups because the Browns' offensive line is just is it's their biggest weakness. They have two players who are above average quality, J.C. Treader, their center, and Jill Batonio, their right guard. Jill Batonio was, I think, a second-team All-Pro last year, so this guy's pretty good on the right. Their center's been there a couple of years. Um, their left tackle, Greg Robinson, became their starter midway through last year. He was cut in, as part of some weird contract thing before, uh, as part of roster cutdowns, and they re-signed him the other day. So that's their starting left tackle. I mean, if you're, they just took a chance on the fact that nobody else would do it. I don't know. It's crazy to me that, that is a, that's just a weird thing. Their right tackle uh, might, might be worse. Chris Hubbard has started 10 games in his four-year career so far, all with the Steelers. He was kind of signed as like insurance just in case, mm-hmm. just in case Joe Thomas retired. Uh, Chris Hubbard was supposed to be insurance, but now Chris Hubbard's a starter. They have uh, Eric Cush at right guard. Eric Cush is most famous for his appearance on Hard Knocks with the Rams a few seasons back, which he did not end up making the team during. At the end of that season, he was one of the sad cuts. So Eric Cush is a journeyman guy, most recently played with the Bears. I think he started like seven games last year. This is a matchup the Titans can exploit. If, because they can't put all of... They can't give help to three guys, Greg Robinson, Chris Hubbard, and Eric Cush. But the Titans can have more than one one-on-one matchup that they I think they can win. Harold Landry, whether they line him up on the left or the right, is going to be able to beat his man a few times, if not most of the game. Um, Cameron Wake on the other side, whenever he's used, which will be most likely obvious passing situations, which again goes back to the Titans needing to stop the run. Um, probably be able to beat his man most of the game as well. And then if you put Jarrell Casey over the right guard, which is, I mean, the Titans were moving him back and forth a lot last season, so I think you just play him mostly over right guard and force the Browns to help Eric Cush all game because Jarrell Casey, one-on-one, is going to whoop him the whole game. So force the center, J.C. Treader, to have to help to his right, which then allows you to line up Rashawn Evans as the pass rusher, the three tech, like we saw him do a lot of on third downs in this preseason, line up over that left guard and basically give him a one-on-one too. Now they can use a running back to help as well. They can keep tight ends in to help chip on the right and the left. But from what I've seen of the Browns, that's not really how they like to play. The Browns like to spread it out quite a bit. Um, They will put five receiving options out there. Usually one of them is David Njoku and one of them is a, t- is a running back who came out of the backfield and may have started in the backfield or may not have. And they like to run this five wide stuff and get the ball out of Baker's hands fast. So that's how they mitigate having such a poor offensive line. 
I think to stop the run, the Titans will need to play uh, Kenny Vaccaro down in the box a lot and then have the running or the linebackers close to the line of scrimmage as well to stop the to stop the running back. The the Titans were a middle of the road team at stopping the run last year. They weren't great. But once Rashawn Evans came in and really came on towards the end of the season, they got a lot better. Now they did have a pretty terrible uh drive, I guess, quarter uh, in week fif- 16 against the Redskins when they let the Redskins take up like 12 minutes of clock and run down their throats and Adrian Peterson just literally ran all the way down the field until he ran to the end zone. Um, so they can't afford to do something like that in this game, but they had they were dealing with a lot of injuries at that point in the year. The Titans cornerbacks are great tacklers. Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, and Adore Jackson are all fantastic tacklers. Rashawn Evans has been great at shooting the gaps um, since he started really playing a lot, and he had a great preseason as well. So I think if they keep... This they keep the box condensed. They allow Kevin Byard to stay back as a single high and roam the field and use his range to guard deep against the Browns' great receivers and put Logan Ryan on Landry, put Malcolm Butler on Odell, and Adoree Jackson can play on Rashad, sorry, Rashard Higgins on the outside. I think he's going to play a lot as the number three receiver. He's He's inconsistent. He can make pretty great catches and pretty big contested catches and go up and get the ball, but he also drops some easy balls. So it'll be interesting to see that matchup. I think Adoree's the guy to stick on him. And the Titans haven't really done a match thing. They they usually fall, uh, stay on their own sides. They don't usually follow receivers. Um, but they did do it a few times. They did it with Adoree on Josh Gordon. And I think they should do it with Malcolm on Odell. And I know I said this earlier, really might scare you guys, but... Trust me on this one. I think he may give up a couple of plays, but overall, Malcolm's going to do a good job on Odell. Do you have any questions? I'm sorry, I'm just rambling on and on and on. But um, I was going to say, what do you think is a more important matchup? Uh, having Jayon Brown on Njoku or Kevin Byard on Njoku? I think the Titans should do some sort of... I mean, it's they're going to have to keep it keep them guessing. I think Kenny Vaccaro is actually a guy that could play on him a lot. We saw Kenny match up one-on-one with a tight end in the preseason and have a really nice pass breakup on a third down early on. I think that he could be a guy that plays on Njoku to allow Bayer to stay deep, or he could flip that. I mean, Kenny can play deep too. That's the beauty of the Titans defense, and I think that's the key to stopping Baker, honestly. So I'm not sure that it's so interesting because I really think you want to play man-to-man, but, but Baker Mayfield struggles against um, robbers in the zone. So I think you want your linebackers like Jayon to be able to play underneath and rob those slants and rob those plays over the middle where Baker likes to throw. Because so, so in that case, I would say to answer your question, it would be more important to have the safety playing on Njoku. Got it. Kenny Vaccaro is going to be pretty important in this run game, don't you think? Yeah, so I think if you put Vaccaro on Njoku, he can be ready to come down um, and stop the run. And I think it's important to note the the Browns use play action, but they don't use it often enough, I don't think, at least not last season. Their offense is going to be... So I just watched... Um, the most recent thing I watched was the Ravens' Week 17 game against the Browns, where the Ravens largely held the Browns in check until they made a late run, and the they actually got an interception on a fourth down play when it was a three-point game with the Browns driving with a minute left. And that's how the game ended, was an interception. And uh, so in this game, the Browns really just 
pounded it with Chubb, just trying to get uh, the running game going and keep their keep them ahead of the sticks. It was just like handoff, 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 and then every once in a while there'd be a pass. Pretty crazy, actually. I think it actually hurt Baker Mayfield because he threw three interceptions in this game. He never really seemed to get in a rhythm, and he also threw three touchdowns. But and he threw an early touchdown that was pretty nice. That's the thing about Baker is he's going to come out and be like either hot or cold and he can switch in the middle of a game and you never really know what you're getting. Um, I want to talk about Baker, but I think we should take a break because we're at 20 minutes yes. and then just deep dive on B- Baker really quick. Yeah. Uh, I have full confidence in all of our guys, all of our playmakers, skill position guys that um, if they have one-on-ones, they, they should be, you know, licking their chops because they should all take that as disrespect. But that's the type of team that we have and we need to take advantage of is uh, it's going to be a matchup game. Okay, let's talk about Baker Mayfield. Should we go strengths or weaknesses? Yes. <laughs> let's go uh, strengths first. I like ending on a good note. So Baker plays within the structure of the offense really well. The Browns have been showing off this really quick passing game where they put, like I said, they go spread it. They spread the receivers out. They really like to put four receivers on one side of the field. And by four receivers, I mean two receivers, a tight end and a running back split out. And uh, tight end usually in the slot and running back usually far to the far to the sideline. And that leaves one boundary receiver on the other side of the field. So Baker's really good at assessing pre-snap what he's looking at and picking a route to throw to um, that will be open that's a really quick throw that he can just hit, like a quick out or a quick slant or a quick curl. Um, And that is a, a key component of this offense. I think there's three key components of the Browns passing offense. It's those quick passes, vertical shots, and the play action game. And I mentioned, I don't think they use the play action game enough, but they do use it. I mean, and it works because they play action just works. And regardless of how your running game is operating, play action will just always work. So Baker's pretty good on the play, off play action. Um, and that's when he gets to attack over the middle of the field. But he also attacks from the shotgun spread a lot with uh, that four receiver set on one side and one on the opposite side. And he'll either take advantage of the uh, man-to-man matchup that it could leave on the far side of the field with the one receiver, or it'll take advantage of how the four receivers on the other side disrupt zone coverage because it's it's like similar to a basketball when you overload a zone. If you put four receivers on the same side of the field, send one on a deep go, one on a deep post, one runs uh, to the flat, and one runs to the middle of the field on some shallow, it's a lot for that side of the field to contain, they have to be able to communicate really well. The safeties and the cornerbacks and the linebackers who are all intricately moving around. If, if you're playing a zone defense on that side, conversely, it gives, like I said, a one-on-one matchup to their side, which I feel like the Browns will think they can win most of the time with their receivers. If they have, if they get a one-on-one matchup and sometimes that'll be splitting in Joku out there. If they think he can beat whatever linebacker or safety follows him, I didn't get to see what it'll be like with Odell Beckham, obviously, but I assume that they'll want to put him out there to get the one-on-ones. They can put the running back out there to get one-on-ones, same way it would work with a tight end. So Baker plays within that structure really well, identifying where he needs to go with the ball. Another one of Baker's biggest strengths is that he attacks aggressively down the field. 
this is probably what makes um, great quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes has been in his first season as a starter, what Deshaun Watson has done in Houston, what Aaron Rodgers does, is that they attack downfield. They're not afraid to let it fly. It's like the Brett Favre mentality. If, even though some of them may get picked off, like you're better off with that long punt and all the times that it does work out than you are not taking those chances and not making the big plays that come with them as well. So Baker takes those chances. He's not afraid to take those chances. That can be a double-edged sword, obviously, a lot of times for a quarterback, especially against a good defense or if his receivers are subpar. But Baker's receivers are not subpar. So that'll be a challenge for the Titans is being ready to stop the big play because Baker will be looking to throw it downfield. The Browns hired Todd Monk in this offseason. He was the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay last year. Tampa Bay led the league in passing attempts. They also led the league in deep passing attempts. The Browns last season from week three on, when Baker Mayfield took over as the starter, ranked fourth in the NFL in explosive plays. So this is a, that's per Sharp Football Stats, as written by Mike Herndon in an article on Music City Miracles. Check that out. Uh, SWOT analysis of Titans-Browns matchup. Check out Mike's writing on Music City Miracles. Thanks, Mike, for that stat. Baker Mayfield will attack downfield. That's a huge strength of his. And the last thing that Baker Mayfield, I think, does really, really well I mean, he's a pretty accurate quarterback and and uh, stuff like that. But I think the last thing that I want to highlight as a strength of his, as you mentioned it earlier, his ability to extend plays. His ability to roll out of the pocket and not only extend plays, but aggressively extend plays. This ties a lot into this la- the last thing I talked about, is that when he's rolling, when he's looking downfield, he is looking deep downfield. A lot of the Browns' biggest plays last year, there was an amazing touchdown catch by Jarvis Landry that happened on Baker scrambling out of the pocket and just throwing it deep. He's on the same page with these receivers a lot, especially the ones who've already been there like Landry and Higgins and David and Joku about what to do when a play breaks down and where to start rolling and how to find open spaces and go deep doing so. And and that, when the play breaks down, this has got to be on the top of the Titans defensive chalkboard if they still use chalk. This whole week of preparation is once Baker is on the move, don't let him throw deep. He doesn't really, I mean, he'll take off and run if he has a lot of room, but he's not as much of a threat to run. He really keeps his eyes downfield and just wants to throw it. So don't let him go deep when he's attacking, when he's extending the play. Thoughts? Well, I was going to say, um, you said he likes doing a lot, or they like doing a lot of those four uh, receiver sets. Uh, does that go back to his college days with the OU? Was It, it was the OU, right? I mean, that's definitely borrowed from the air raid. Um and the OU ran the air raid offense with Lincoln Riley and Baker Mayfield, so that's correct. I think that's definitely a reason that they do it. I mean, it's an element that helps Baker feel more comfortable, I'm sure. He knows those route concepts and knows how defenses react to them and how to play them. So, yeah, for sure. I think the key to stopping him in those situations is something the Ravens did a lot. A great example of this, if you want to go back and find this on your own to watch what I'm talking about, is the second interception he threw against the Ravens last season. The Ravens pre-snap looked like they were in some sort of single high man coverage. But on the snap, they dropped back into a single high. It was a really interesting single high hybrid zone man. And it looked like a man coverage. And Baker thought his outside receiver had the outbreaking route because the corner had was behind him because he was playing zone coverage. Baker thought he was playing man coverage. He threw to that receiver and the underneath linebacker peeled off the player in the middle of the field and undercut the pass and picked it off. It was a great play by the defense, but 
Baker, not recognizing the zone and not seeing that robber underneath, created the turnover. So that's a way that the Titans can try to, to attack Baker here. This is one of, I think, his biggest weaknesses. Over the middle of the field, he doesn't always see those linebackers. Um, the Texans, when Baker played the Texans, I think that was his worst game of the season. Finished with one interception or one touchdown and three interceptions. Two of them to Zach Cunningham, the linebacker out of Vanderbilt. In this same kind of situation where Cunningham was kind of roaming underneath, playing towards the middle, and Baker threw like a deep post, and Cunningham came off his man in the middle and undercut the deep post, picked it off, returned it for a touchdown. This is an area the Titans should look to exploit, is hovering those robbers underneath. And if Baker, I mean, this could be an area that Baker worked on over the offseason. We don't know. That's the problem with week one. But this is something that gave him a lot of trouble last season. I think it's a way to attack him is disguise your cover coverages, hide your robbers, don't let Baker see the lurking defenders over the middle of the field, and bait him into throwing those passes. Another interesting way to target Baker's weaknesses, like I said, he loves to extend plays. This is a really interesting split that I found. I went looking for this stat because I noticed a trend of it watching the film, and I was confirmed by this stat that I found. When Mayfield was out of the pocket and moving to his right, he was 25 for 40 for 315 yards and four touchdowns with just one interception. When rolling to his left, 5 for 11, 96 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, The stats aren't super glaring, but they did reveal a trend that I saw. This is according to Sports Info Solutions, when I credit the stat. And I think it's interesting because Baker is not so good moving to his left. So when the Titans contain Baker, it's not just about containing him inside the pocket. It's about not letting him roll to his right. He is a right-handed passer, so it makes sense logically from that standpoint as well. But Baker rolling to his right is deadly. Deadly throwing deep and deadly at attacking a defense as it's breaking down after his offensive line fails to protect and he scrambles out of the pocket. So if the Titans can get pressure on the quarterback, that will be the key here. Getting them in those third and longs, stopping the run, keeping the linebackers near the, near the line of scrimmage and the safeties up, playing physical on these receivers, and exploiting their matchups where they, where they have them. Because on first and second down, when the Browns are passing on first and second down, the Titans defensive, ba- the Titans defensive line and the pass rush is not going to get to Baker. And it's going to get frustrating watching this game because on first and second down, when it's or on third down when the line to gain is not far, third and five or less, Baker will get the ball out of his hand quickly. It's, he's really good at taking the snap and throwing to that first defined read. He's also really good at running the structured plays like the screen passes, the easy access throws. The Browns like to run misdirection screens where they like play action one way and then come back the rolling to the right and then throw the screen back the way they play actioned and vice versa, keeping it going both ways. Fake a screen to the left and then throw a right wide receiver screen to the right. Or they like to use misdirection with their screen passes in their dump off game. And they really like to... Uh, Freddie Kitchens just can't help himself, I don't think. He calls a trick play, like, by trick play, I mean, like, a reverse or, like, a double reverse or, like, a weird running back wide receiver pass or some Baker Mayfield goes out to try to catch a pass or something weird like that, a trick play like that, like, once in every four or five possessions. He, he just can't help it. So the Titans have to be ready for those, but also those can set an offense back. So I kind of want him to just overdo it on the trick plays, which I, I think he did a lot on film. 
And if the Titans can do that and the Titans can get to Baker and take away his first read and force him to throw into heavy coverage, he, they, I think they can come away with a win in this game. Um, the Browns offense is going to be a good offense, but they can really exploit those matchups on the defensive line. It's going to be hard for them to block. Nick Chubb gains yards after contact with the Titans rally to the ball and tackle like they're a good tackling team they can do. I think it'll be interesting to see how they attack this Browns offense. Alrighty. Anyway, we're going to be talking about how the Titans offense can attack the Titans defense a little bit later today. So look for that episode to come out. Decided to split it into two to make them a little more digestible lengthwise. Um, so don't forget to follow him at Titans Film Room. You can follow me at South Texas Titan. So that episode, Titans offense against Brown's defense, will be coming soon. Stay tuned.